nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Very uh, robust show outline tonight. A lot of big, important, juicy things I want to get into, including some Jordan Love stuff. Uh, we got to talk about what's going on in golf. Really quickly before we do, two quick housekeeping things that I just want to mention off the top. Uh, it was just announced a couple of minutes ago that Jacob deGrom is going to have Tommy John surgery. Tommy John is going to keep him out the rest of this year, maybe the beginning of next. It sounds like he wants to be back for the start of next year. Grant, he plays for the Rangers. I bet some of you didn't even know he played for the Rangers. Who cares, right? Well, the last two weeks or so, I keep talking about baseball and how I'm just convinced that I never want the Brewers to sign a long-term contract. Ever. And I know that's contrary to what we always complain about. We complain that the Brewers don't spend money. Man, Jacob DeGrom signed for five years, $185 million. I think DeGrom is a little bit of an alien and that he'll probably come back and be productive at, at some point very soon. But still, that contract is not aging well. Trey Turner got 11 years, $300 million with the Phillies. I look at his stats. They're fine. He's hitting 247 home runs, 19 RBIs. But for that amount of money, and I follow Ben Kenny on Twitter. Phillies fans are not happy with Trey Turner. So two examples of big, massive offseason commitments by teams, both in the amount of money and in the length of the contract, off to terrible starts. I'm just kind of out on long-term deals in baseball as a whole. And I found some more evidence today, so I wanted to share that and, and keep that in the front of our minds as we continue to talk about the Brewers this summer. Also, uh, another quick housekeeping thing. Marquette Basketball tweeted out today the graphic of Wisconsin versus Marquette. Saturday, December 2nd. I believe it's at the Kohl's Center because it was in Milwaukee last year. I think it's every other. And the caption of the picture is the I-94 battle has been confirmed. And again, I will say this every year. I'll say this multiple times a year. There is only one sports rivalry involving Interstate 94. It's not the Brewers and the Cubs. It's definitely not Marquette and Wisconsin. It is the war on 94 between UW-Stout and UW-Eau Claire. And that's that. Grant, it's so annoying you always bring this up. Well, yeah, because someone needs to bring it up. Someone has to be the guy to stand on the corner and remind folks. You, you can't just... You can't just make every Northwest rivalry about Interstate 94. It's dumb. And it is owned. The war on 94 between UW-Stout, the Blue Devils, and the Blue Golds. There's even redundancy in the mascots of those two teams. Always get annoyed. It's like, oh, oh, two Midwestern teams are playing each other. They're either connected by I-90 or I-94. Better work that in. Stop. It's tired. It's dumb. So stock down on the Marquette Twitter account for that today. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day today. Big, big breaking news story that I want to talk about for a couple of minutes. I don't know how much there is to say, but it's an absolutely massive story about the PGA and Live combining. I think CNBC was the first entity on Twitter that I saw at least to break that story. I thought it was fake. I, I turned on over the line this morning and they were thinking and saying the, the thing that I was thinking and saying. I wish Ben Kenny was in studio to melt down and and to be depressed Ben Kenny about this because Ben is, and I, his Twitter account does not still say this, but at one point he was the most, you know, prominent 
golf critic on the Bill Michaels show. He was also the only golf critic on the Bill Michaels show, but I enjoyed hearing that guy's thoughts on golf, especially with everything over the last couple of years, you know, the ups and downs with live. So we miss Ben on a day like today. He's not dead. He's just not here. I'm making it sound like he's dead. I, I do want to start the show talking about golf. I want to get into the Brewers before too long. I want to talk about Jordan Love as Kelly and Barneveld asked about yesterday. We're going to do that at 430, Kelly. So your time has come. Uh, and I also hear from, or we're going to hear a little bit from Adrian Griffin and John Horst because the Bucks introductory press conference uh, for their new coach was today, right outside Pfizer Forum. I don't want to play you the whole thing. I saved a couple of comments. We'll play them. We'll throw some thoughts around. We can debate, you know, how this hire is going to go or what we like and don't like, right? I'm not going to play you the whole press conference. I didn't even listen to the whole press conference. I listened to a couple questions just to get a little bit of a sense. Oh, you did this, that, the other thing. Okay, good. I don't, we don't need to listen to the whole thing. I don't know that that's the best use of our time. So that's coming up after five o'clock, 608. 796-2558 if you'd like to text or call the show. Uh, and if you are a big golf fan and you watch a ton of golf and this story means a ton to you, I would love for you to call in or text in. Because if I'm being 100% honest with you, and I always try to be honest, I don't know what to tell you about this PGA Live merger. I I could spend 20 minutes giving you you know, fairly generic statements that others have made. Twitter is a, a massive space for thoughts and ideas that people are exchanging and, and clips from different shows on radio and TV and links to podcasts and articles. There's just so many opinions out there that in, in an event like this where it's announced that PGA and Liv are merging, I can simply go on Twitter. I can bookmark some things that I agree with and I can regurgitate them. I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the most honest way to do this show. I don't know if that's the most uh, genuine way to do this show. I don't just want to spit back a bunch of opinions that, I, oh, that's a good point. I'm just going to take that and, and read it on the show. Even if I give the person credit, it's like, well, if it's not my opinion, if it's not my thought process, what? why do we spend time, you know, talking about it? Golf isn't my thing. And I used to feel bad that I didn't watch a ton of golf. Every time I watch golf, I really like it. The problem is, who has the time to watch golf weekends during the summer? That's just, that's tough. That's a tough sell. I don't even have kids. I, I'm not, I'm not going to kids things. I'm not going to my kids soccer games on the weekend. We're not taking family vacations and I got weddings every other weekend. We're going to a concert this weekend. Like I, I just can't imagine watching golf almost every weekend. It's not that I don't enjoy golf. When I have an empty Saturday to sit around and to watch golf by myself, I really enjoy it. And I always make a point to watch the Masters, kind of the same, same thing as the Daytona 500. It's like, it's not my sport, but it's an American thing I should watch. I'll always watch a little bit of the U.S. Open. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of the PGA Championship because we had a guest on from Oak Creek, my high school buddy Dalton. So, like, I'll dabble here and there, but I, I can't give up a lot of time Thursday and Friday to watch the first couple rounds and then basically all day Saturday and all day Sunday. I, I just, I can't, I can't. And that's a big reason why I don't watch as much college football as maybe I should for this job. You guys all live in Wisconsin. They're not everybody. I know Ron in Rome or not Ron in Rome. I always confuse him with another caller. Ron in Jersey. He lives in Jersey and Cone Roller lives in Phoenix, but you know, a vast majority of our, our audience in this group lives in Wisconsin. You guys are telling me that you want to spend Saturdays in September and October on the couch watching college football all day. And I, it's too beautiful outside. I, I can't do it. 
And that's a big reason why I, I maybe don't watch as much golf as I would like to for this job. I used to feel bad about it. Now I don't as much. I'm going outside and doing things. I'm trying to live life. We only get a couple of months of good weather every year. I got weddings, got vacation. You know how it is. I saw a lot of tweets today about this. And I listened to the 8 and the 9 o'clock hour of Over the Line this morning. And I'm I'm a little confused. And I don't mean to call out the morning shows if I wasn't agreeing with what they were saying. But I, I heard some calls and some tweets. And I, and I read a lot as people kind of emptied their opinions into, you know, whatever public space of Twitter, radio, TV. This country has a a weird fetish with trying to point out hypocrisy. Like, I, I always joke a little bit, like, you could call it the what about China syndrome. I always joke, what about China? Right? Because, for example, LeBron, who I have mixed feelings about and, and the way he speaks and carries himself, like, I, I don't always love LeBron. I think most of the time I'm I'm fine with him. And he's good for basketball, and I like having him around. LeBron, for example, like, there could be a murder in Los Angeles. A kid gets shot, just horrible, right? And LeBron, because he plays for the Lakers and his family lives in L.A., LeBron could tweet something like, my heart goes out to this kid and his family, and if there's anything that the James family and the Lakers could do, I'm right here, I want to support the community, let's rally around this this kid and this horrible thing that's happened, right? And folks would reply to the tweet, and certain talkers on certain radio shows would be like, well, LeBron's very confident talking about the murder of this, this boy, well, what does he say about Muslim work camps in China? It's like, Jesus. Like, not everything is everything. Not everything is everything all at once, all at the same time. So I saw this morning a lot of comments. It's like, well, what now, Rory? Standing on your soapbox, speaking up about live and, and loyalty to the PGA and, and, you know, dirty money coming from Saudi Arabia. And now you're you're lumped in with them. It's like, whoa, whoa. I would bet anything that Rory McIlroy didn't know and or was vehemently opposed to this merger in the direction the golf is trending. And Rory's not the only one who is opposed to live. He was probably the most outspoken. This was in the Washington Post today. And this was the first bit of information I wanted to know. When this merger was announced, I started reading and I'm like combing. I'm like, I got to find out who was in the know on this, right? Because the players, the athletes in these sports leagues, they have so much power. Now, probably less so in golf because... There are fewer of them. I don't know, and I'll plead ignorance on this. I don't know what the union situation is like for golfers. Obviously, it's different now because you have some golfers that are doing PGA, some are doing live, some are doing both, but it depends on the tournament. Like, it's messy. Major League Baseball's union is rock solid. That league could not do anything without the players signing off on it. Same with the NFL Players Union, same with the NBA Players Union, although the NBA Players Union agreed to what I think is a horrible CBA that we will not be able to get through fast enough the next couple of years, but that's not the point. I don't know how the golf union works, but I wanted to know right away, were the players in the loop on this? Who Who is in the know? I'm going to read you this directly from the Washington Post. One person familiar with the deal said talks had taken place in secret and only a small number of people were even aware that the merger was imminent. Several players only learned about the deal from news reports Tuesday morning. Quote, I love finding out morning news on Twitter. <laughs> Golfer Colin Morikawa tweeted. So it's that, well, Kyle Morikawa didn't know. It sounds like very few people knew. And I would bet dollars to donuts that even if, for some reason, you know, stature or, or, or you know, status with Rory McIlroy, even if he was in the know, he was vehemently opposed to this. 
So I find it very weird that now people are like, well, Rory took a stand. Will he take a stand now? Well, before he had an option. Now I don't really, now I don't really know that he does. He wants to continue to do his thing and make a living. Brian Strauss, this is also at the Washington Post. And I don't like read the Washington Post religiously. I was just combing through as much as I could find. And the, the couple of tidbits that I actually needed happened to be through the Washington Post. Ben Strauss reported this. From an executive TV partner of the PGA Tour, quote, we just learned about this. Exec said it looks like PGA Tour and Live remain their own brands. Doesn't know if any changes to rights, deals, or production. Asked if Network was now a partner of Saudi government. Exec said, we're not sure. So from everything I could read today, it sounds like very few people were in on this. Except probably the leaders of the PGA, the people up top at Live, And this is all done very quietly very much in secret now as far as you know morals go vis-a-vis saudi arabia and, and the money that they're just dumping into the sport i wouldn't expect regular jimmies and joes like you and me to to quit watching golf on principle and i don't expect rory McIlroy to now quit golf based on principle first of all we're we're very small we're grains of sand in, in this world like we're just if you're watching golf on the weekend, you just want an escape. You just want to relax. I don't I don't know that watching golf that has Saudi money in it makes anyone a bad person. And I don't think Rory McElroy, although he was opposed to going to live, now he has become live. It's not really his choice. I'm not opposed to him continuing to golf and make a living. I wouldn't hold that against him. Now Jay Monahan, the PGA commissioner, I think he looks worse than anyone involved in this, except the Saudis. Maybe, although at least the Saudis know who they are and they're not lying about it. Hey, we're really rich. A lot of oil money. Don't ask where it comes from. Most of it's from oil. Uh, We're just going to throw money at this thing until it ultimately goes our way and they're relatively unapologetic about it. Jay Monahan invoking 9-11 victims as recent as a year ago trying to dissuade guys from joining Liv only to then merge with Liv it's an awful look, and I feel like it's such an awful look to the point where I don't know that he can be involved with the next iteration of golf. I don't know if people are going to accept it. I don't know if I don't. I just don't know if it can work. He's got so much egg on his face in this, but also that's the job of a commissioner. That's a job of an executive. Sometimes you got to wear egg on your face, and you are paid handsomely for it. But that is your job, All right? Roger Goodell or Rob Manfred would do the same thing for the owners. Because Roger Goodell represents the owners. He does the bidding of the owners. Remember South Park? They had the bit about Roger Goodell just being a robot because the owners wanted this robot to speak for them and to deliver bad news, and they they didn't want to deal with it. Here, we get this Roger Goodell robot. Remember that episode of South Park? Rob Manfred as well. Rob Manfred, during the, the labor lockout, had to come out and say, well, the, the owners want this. Very unpopular things. No one was happy with the owners, and Rob Manfred had to go out and be the bearer of bad news because as a commissioner, that's what you do. As a commissioner, you're the Christmas tree, right? Owners and sponsors, they hang all their dirty laundry and all their bad news on you, right? I thought of Tom Wamsgams from the last episode of Succession, and this isn't going to spoil anything, but he was asked by somebody else in the show, like, what are you good at? Like, what's your deal? You work in news, you're an executive. What, what What's your deal? And this is him describing himself. This is basically a commissioner. This is basically what Jay Monahan has become. I'm a grinder. I grind because I worry. 
I worry all night about everything, all the uh, threats to to me and to my um, <clears throat> my division and my physical body. And I I, uh, I have an excess of vigilance, I think, and I have a very very high tolerance for pain and physical discomfort. You gotta have a high tolerance for being humiliated. Like Jay Monahan is wearing it right now, and he's making a ton of money for his discomfort and for his embarrassment. Cone Roller says, thoughts on live. Oh, you took these words right out of my mouth. Money talks, but it can't sing or dance and it can't walk. However, it, it does talk. PGA was listening and made a deal. Yeah. They want their stars back. And I've enjoyed watching the PGA. Like, I like watching John Rahm and I, and I like some of these guys who have been winning tournaments. It feels a little lackluster without some of the massive names that went to live. Although I think a lot of golf fans were okay with it because if those guys wanted to go to live and stick their middle finger to golf fans and to the PGA, then fine. We were willing to watch the golfers who remained. I don't know how much it hurt the PGA's bottom line. I mean, the litigation and and the back and forth with live alone had to be a major pain in the ass and a pain in the wallet. So now it's done. And Jay Monahan looks like an absolute fraud, which I think is the word I saw Ben Kenny use earlier today. Let's take a three minute break. If anyone has any residual thoughts on golf, if you have something to add, actually, we're getting a phone call. I said if you're a big golf fan and you have thoughts on this, I would love to hear from you. Uh, and if the phone is now ringing, then I, I would be a bit of a fraud. I would be a Jay Monahan myself if I didn't pick up the phone. 608-796-2558. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Southside Scott. Southside Scott. What's going on, Southside Scott? Not much. My thought on the whole PGA and Live Tour is probably PGA didn't have the money to keep up, and they felt financially it was the best move for them. And, like, it it stinks because they, they may not have had a choice. Like, the Saudis have so much money, Scott, and this might have been necessary to keep professional golf alive in at least a form where we kind of recognize it, but golf fans are still going to be pissed about this. I, It's not that I have any sympathy yeah. for the PGA, don't get me wrong, but this might have been the best option of a, a ton of bad options. Right, I mean, like, that, like you said before, money talks. And, uh, I used to think PGA was been a rock on a hard place, you know, I way to get out. Yeah. Have you missed some of the golfers that have been absent because they've been with Liv, or is it something I, as a golf fan that I you've been follow, able to kind of look... look I don't follow golf all that much, gotcha. but I you know, follow headlines like as much as you probably do. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed watching the Masters, but then again, Brooks Kepka was it, right? Brooks Kepka's been around. There's names that I know, names that I know have gone to live. And now, you know, Mike and Chip with Falls text in and makes a good point. This is something I neglected to mention. All these PGA loyalists, the golfers who've been there the whole time, now have to watch all the live golfers come back in, no repercussions after they made stacks of money. This is just a tough spot for golf. That's 22 almost. I don't know what we're going to do, Scott. Sorry I didn't recognize your number. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. I'm not driving for work as much as I used to, so. I know you're, uh, you excited about Sean Payton and your Broncos? Where do we stand on that after such a disastrous year uh, last year? I'm, I, w- I don't want to say I'm holding my, I'm going to hold my breath because I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> um, it, yeah. To me, it doesn't matter much until they prove that it'll work. Yeah, especially after last year. It's like... Uh, yeah, you, can get, like, you can look great on paper. You can look great getting off the bus, but 
especially in the NFL, yeah, we it, see it all the time. It just doesn't work on the field sometimes. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, nothing matters until until we start seeing the results. And, you know, that's the same thing for my Rockies. You know, they well, they are where they always are. So yeah, my Brewers too. Hey, but go Denver, go go Nuggets though. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling for the Nuggets, and we'll probably talk basketball a little later on in the show. I am, uh, as Bill would say, woefully late for a break, Scott. I got to run. All right, thanks Pre- for the time. Yeah, appreciate the no, appreciate your time. That's Southside Scott. Sorry, I didn't recognize your number. It's a casual move by me. I got to be better. Let's take a three minute break. We'll come back. Probably put an end to the golf talk. I don't have much more to say. If at any point tonight you want to call in before six o'clock and give your thoughts, you absolutely can. But I want to talk about the Brewers a little bit, and then we're going to get to Jordan Love. Romeo Dobbs, a couple things I want to talk about with the Packers. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. A lot to get to tonight. There's a story with Romeo Dobbs. Is it Dubs? I think it's Romeo Dubs. I knew it at one point last year, and I forgot. I got to look it up again. Uh, Jordan Love basically said, yeah, it'll be, or uh, excuse me, Romeo Dobbs said of Jordan Love, yeah, going to Rodgers, to uh, to Love, not a big deal, not a big difference. Um, I want to talk about that because I think it's really interesting. I think it is similar and also not similar to Devontae Adams and what he said about Rodgers and Carr. So that's coming up in a little bit. I got a text from Kelly and Barneveld last night who's like, why haven't we really talked about Jordan Love? We really haven't. He hasn't really given us much dramatic to talk about. This is life after Rodgers, guys. You know? Like, Jordan Love hasn't said anything. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks just don't. Like, they just, they're they just boring. This is what it's like. But I do want to talk Packers in a couple minutes. Bucks had their introductory press conference today for Adrian Griffin. So I saved a little audio. We're not going to listen to the whole thing. I'd be bored out of my mind. But I do have a couple of clips we can discuss and go back and forth. It'll be great. That's coming up after 5 o'clock. We're reacting to the biggest story of the day. The PGA merging with Live is massive. It basically means another country bought a sport or bought into a sport, bought control of an American sport, which is insane. And a lot of golf people aren't happy I guess I don't know what the alternative was in the end. I'm not defending it, but we were talking with Southside Scott right before the break. He's like, well, PGA needed this. They probably weren't going to be able to continue at this rate for much longer. And I don't know if much longer is years or, you know, the long-term sport of golf, I don't, I don't think could sustain what was going on the last two years, which sucks, right? But the reality is, is, is money obviously makes these things happen. Cone Roller is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? What's up, Grant? Love the hippocampus uh, bumper music. It's a good song. And, you know, the hippocampus is the part of the brain that processes long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And if my memory serves me correctly, kind of when this live stuff was first starting, Jay Monahan gathered witness statements from uh, families that had, you know, relatives and friends die in 9-11 and basically used that publicly to shame these golfers for going to live. And what, a year and a half later, and they're selling out to live? I mean, talk about all-time fraud. I mean, I can't even believe it. I mean, that just shows that these, you know, rich people, head of boards, they don't give a crap 
about the people that died in 9-11, especially this guy, because yeah. he's selling out to the li- to live just like that. It's 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 pathetic. So I said kind of to begin the show, this is a commissioner's job, right? If you're in charge of something this massive and you're the spokesperson for something this massive, like the NFL with Goodell or Manfred Major League Baseball, it is your job a, a lot of times to eat it publicly. Like, you are going to have to come out and deliver bad news to the masses. Fans are going to be upset. Players are going to be mad. But that's your job, right? And you are compensated a lot of money for that. Roger Goodell makes a lot of money to wear things for the owners and Manfred and and the commissioners. And and Monahan is no different. And the reality is the PGA had a choice to make, and they took the financial choice that made the most sense. And I would never fault someone for doing that. Like, if Monahan would have said last year, we're going to really fight against Liv. I don't want guys going over there. We, we've, you know, the PGA has been this outstanding golf thing for so long. We want to keep this together. And then all of a sudden, a year later, he changes tunes because of money. Fine. Changing tunes after you invoke 9-11 victims is as a little different. That is really tough. And I wonder what his future is is going to be. You know, what's his next step in, in whatever version of golf we get next, Cone? Right. I mean, agreed 100%. Like, you... You can you can flip flop in business. Yep. You follow the money, but then you just come off as an absolute fraud when you're basically just using nine eleven victims as a chess piece. Yeah, it's 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 a bad look all around. But you know that's what got George Bush elected in two thousand four. So nothing new here. Yeah, that video going around. There were a lot of succession memes going around Twitter today, and then the video, which I actually put in the show intro of George Bush saying, we need to do everything to stop the terrorists. Thank you. Now watch this drive. I was like, why does that apply? Why does that apply so perfectly to what's going on with the PGA right now? <laughs> I, I, I must have missed the intro because I didn't hear that, but you know, can, that's, I admit, that's a good can I admit something that like, I, I don't think this is a bad thing to admit, but some people might like, I understand that George Bush like every other president has warts, right? You can you can you can hang a lot of things on every different president because politicians, presidents, they need to do things that are unseemly. Every single one. God, George Bush was funny. Like what a what a hilarious human being. And like Trump was really funny too, but sometimes it bordered on like, oh, this freaks me out a little bit. Bush never never crossed that line. Bush is just God. He's he's funny. He just makes me laugh. Yeah. He was just like a like a dumb funny, you know. Like yeah. he, he kind of came off as a little bit of an idiot, but I think the southern accent helped him a little bit too. Kind of that he, Texas, and he, Texas in him. He's got that like kind of. He's got always kind of got that you know what eating grin where and like he's kind of squinting. Like Caliendo did such a good Bush and Will Ferrell too, and I think that just makes the actual George Bush even funnier. I don't know. We need to we separate the art from the artist a lot. I would also like to do that with public figures like George Bush. Like I would like to be able to think he's funny and enjoy clips of him without needing to like relitigate what happened in the Middle East. Right. And you know, you got to give credit to the to the American or the White House because they made it look pretty realistic that George Bush was a real person and not just Dick Cheney's <laughs> puppet. So <laughs> Credit to the White House staff for working that out. We're going to talk about, we can talk about Dick Cheney tomorrow. I think we've we've fulfilled our politician talk uh, from 1998 to 2005. We'll have to go back tomorrow. We can do Cheney after we did Bush today. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Let's get to Brewers. Let's get to Bucks. Let's let's put the live stuff behind us. And yeah. Let's have a show. Yeah. Appreciate you, Colin. Talk Cone. to you later, Grant. Yeah, talk to you later. Yeah, thanks.
That is our friend, Cone Roller. I Again, I, I say it a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I think it's a funny expression to say, well, you got to separate art from artists, which is possible but also very impossible at the same time. Like, that expression makes me laugh. I would also like to be able to do that with presidents. And maybe that's a... Maybe some of you won't be able to do that depending on your political leanings. I, I just... We all got to admit George Bush is funny as hell. Like, what a hilarious human being. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back, talk about Brewers and the Bush administration. Do we? We're not, we're not going to do that. I want to talk Brewers and Packers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills i'm gonna talk packers football kelly and barnavelle yesterday see i here's what i do on this show i create hyper specific content for singular people or like two or three people a day like like cone roller once got me to denounce islamic terrorism on the show very very pertinent uh with today's news about live and, and pga merging like, this, this show maybe is too specific at times. Yesterday, we did a Tony in Texas-inspired uh, uh, segment. We did a cone roller segment about the Brewers yesterday. Kelly and Barnavel texted me yesterday. She's like, we need to talk about Jordan Love. And I said, tomorrow, we'll do it. So, Kelly, I got gotcha. you. Coming up in a minute. Uh, we started the show by talking about golf and how sports commissioners are always in a tough spot. And I'm not defending Jay Monahan in the PGA because this is next-level stuff. Like, they invoke 9-11 victims and the rules change a little bit you know rob manford coming out and saying well the owners want this boo that's that's part of the gig monahan's taking it to another level and i said remember in south park the owners actually like bought a roger goodell robot because they just wanted the, the joke being of course that roger goodell basically is a robot that says and, and does what the owners want him to do and then Duncan Holman texted in. He said, remember Man Bear Pig from South Park? And then Bush came up. So naturally, Al Gore was in South Park as the Man Bear Pig. Duck saying, you can do a whole show on South Park. Yeah, basically everything ties back to South Park. The one with Scientology and Tom Cruise in the closet. Yeah, that's that's good television. I was watching the uh, the episode the other day with um, where Cartman goes to the University of Colorado. And he acts like... Leonardo DiCaprio does in what movie is that? Not the Hateful Eight, but he talks like a slave owner. That one, oh, student athletes. That's one of my favorite episodes. I get a big, I get a big kick out of that. One. Mighty fine establishment you have yourself here. I don't know. That, that's a very underutilized voice uh, in in comedic settings, and like we we need to utilize the southern the southern plantation owner more and obviously it's Cartman so it's hilarious again now we're doing content just for duck this is what we do specific content back to Kelly so Romeo Dobbs had a statement basically saying going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love I don't see a difference I don't see a big deal not a big deal to me okay I remember when Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas Right? That's the first thing that came to mind. When this comment came up, Dobbs saying, oh, Rodgers love, no big deal. I immediately said, oh, I remember when Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas. And he said, oh, Rodgers to Derek Carr, whatever. Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. No big deal. Now, I don't remember what 
the masses said about that content. I thought we all said, like, well, that's pretty stupid. I don't remember, but Coward, Coward better have had a field day with that topic about Devontae Adams going back to Las Vegas. Like, you could do a whole thing on, you know, going back to college is fun, but it gets old real quick. Wait, do I have... Oh, I have Cowherd's music. Here's what we're going to do. This would be Colin Cowherd two years ago when Devontae Adams said, oh, Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. It's not an adjustment. It's Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. This is what Cowherd's show would have sounded like that day. God, the herd. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, FS1, live in Los Angeles on a Tuesday. So, Devontae Adams. And then he'd launch in. He'd, of course, ask, Joy, Jason, how are you? Good, good weekend, Bo. So, Devontae Adams choosing Las Vegas and Derek Carr over the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Let's just call it what it is. It's an awful business decision. Let's just call it what it is. It's an awful business decision. Devontae leaving behind a great salary, great management, a great corporate structure. His family is secure, health, dental, retirement. You got it going on in Green Bay. He's leaving that because he wants to now play with his college buddy? Huh? I see this all the time in business, in life, in sports. We want to turn back the clock. You talk to college friends. Hey, brah. Remember living in the dorm? Remember going out and drinking $2 double rails and chasing chicks? Yeah, I remember that. It's called being 22. You ever go back to your college town as an adult? It's fun. For about an hour. Devontae is going to learn the hard way. It's the herd. Untuck it shirts and then, you know, ad read. That's, I should host Cowherd's show when he's gone because I could just, I could say the same things. I can't sound exactly like him. But that's what he would have said. That's, that's the cowherd spin on Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas. And I think that proved to be true because he got there and realized, oh, my God. Yeah, it was fun playing with this guy in college, but it turns out he's not very good. Not the best. Not the best. So I I was going back and looking for comments about, you know, how people reacted to Adams and his comments about both Rodgers and Derek Carr. Now, Romeo Dobbs, he didn't say the exact same thing, but it was similar, right? And I will say the same thing about this as I say, but it's a dumb statement, right? It was dumb when Adams said it. It's dumb when Dobbs said it. However, this situation is slightly different and that Adams chose to go play with Carr. That was his guy, right? Dubs kind of has to support his teammate, right? The guy stepping in, taking over, first-time starter, right? So I, I, I think not that Devontae Adams is going to go to Vegas and be like, well, he's not as good, but I'm his, I'm his buddy. Like, he couldn't say that. You just praise your teammates. You talk to us about your teammates. That's what you do, right? I also think, and this is partially sourced. It's also partially just the way I read Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs does not strike me as someone who suffers BS. Ron Swanson type. That's how I picture him. Ron Swanson, but a football player. Like, I don't have time for the BS. I don't have time for extra drama. I don't have time for anything that makes my life harder. I don't have time for anything that makes football harder. I don't have time for it, okay? I genuinely believe that Romeo Dobbs, even as a rookie last year, thought Rogers juice wasn't worth the squeeze. 
And there's part of there's part of me that thinks, and again, I've asked a couple people, it's like, hey, what's Romeo Dobbs like? And I've tried to, you know, get a little bit of a picture because obviously I can't be in Green Bay covering the team. So part of it is is me just reading what I see, and part of it is asking around a little bit. I genuinely believe that Romeo Dobbs last year was like, this is so dumb. Like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to carve out a spot in this league, and I got this guy talking about this and that, and spiritual this and hand signal that this is dumb. I mean, he got sick of it. It's not like the offense was scoring points. It's not like he was dealing with Rodgers and all this weirdness and they were scoring, you know, 35 points a game. The offense, for the most part, stunk. Let's talk to Matt in Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Colin. I mean, Grant, uh, you sounded a little like a little, little like uh, Jim Rome too there for just a, just a tiny bit. I so, don't uh, have I Welcome to the Jungle. I have Cowherd's theme music, and I have Dave Ramsey's theme music ready to go. I should get Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I think I think uh, you did a little Jim Rome, but I, I almost thought I was listening to Cowherd there for just a bit. That was really good. I was very impressed, and uh, I will not... Uh, I will not try to do any impersonations because I'm sober, clearly. Um, otherwise, I'd be talking about strategy and how uh, Matt LaFleur is going to make sure Dubs and Love and Watson all get along and they have a good game plan going into this year, you know? So, and who cares about Aaron Rodgers? He's on the Jets, right? Yeah. Do you, think, Come on. do you think that we're underrating or overrating Matt LaFleur? It feels like people are pretty down on Matt LaFleur, and we have really high expectations this year because now we're going to see what it looks like without Aaron Rodgers. But I, I feel like Matt LaFleur has accomplished more the last couple of years than we're, we're giving him credit for. I feel like LaFleur is going to be able to do his thing now without being under the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. Sure, is it great that you have a MVP quarterback? Yeah, but... Like I said before, and I'll say it again, once you have somebody who actually wants to listen to you as your coach, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. So they're going to live and die by LeFleur and love, and hopefully it turns out well. I think it will. I think it will. I'm excited. I was thinking on Sunday, and I was laying around, and I didn't feel great because I stayed out too late, maybe had an extra drink or two, drinky-poo, on Saturday night. And I was laying around, and I was actually what I was doing is I was watching – sports talk clips from the last week because I went to McDonald's because I I was down bad Sunday morning. I don't need to give you all the details. I went to McDonald's and on the drive, I was scrolling through YouTube clips of like Cowherd and First Things First. And there were a lot of NFL segments last week. This with the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. And I'm like, God, I wish the NFL season would start right now. And yesterday was the first time I felt that way all year where I was sitting around on a Sunday like, man, I, I'm excited for football. I'm excited for the season. Yeah, that state track will take it out of you. But uh, you know what's even better? State hockey. Um, that down in Madison, state hockey. Those parents, they know how to drink and have fun. And uh, <laughs> we used to skip. We used to we used to skip school in high school just to go to it. So it was it was a good a good time. I've never but, been to the uh, state basketball tournament. Uh, I'd like to do that someday. Sorry to cut you off. Oh yeah, that's that's fun too. But uh, congratulations to the DeForest uh, team. Two athletes. Winning the whole team title. Let's do a shot, Grant. Come Let's on. do a shot. Oh, Come on, Matt. Let's do a shot. I agree. And I'm DeForest's number one track and field supporter. Not financially, but spiritually. This week, I'm their number one supporter. Middleton Middleton High School also had two individual state champs, too. So that's good. Good uh, shout out to Middleton. Congrats to Middleton as well. Yep. 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 Um, and then the uh, Middleton baseball team in lacrosse right now is probably getting close to starting the sectional final to go to state. 
against uh, either Monona Grove or Verona. I'm not sure who won. So you go check that game out after your show. A little intra-city rivalry. I like that. I won't call it the I-94 yeah. rivalry because I had to rant about this about 40 minutes ago. I'm I'm over Interstate 90 being invoked for the purposes of sports rivalry, but that's neither here nor there. Matt, I got to run. I got to take a break. It's nice to hear from hey. you. Yeah, you have a good one, Grant. See you later. Matt in Cross Plains. Appreciate the hell out of that guy. Yeah, I can do I can do a fine cowherd. In content, maybe not in delivery. Ah, this is the herd. Live in Los Angeles. He loves it. On a Tuesday. Coming at you on a Tuesday. What is it with radio people? And it's like you can't do radio without saying what day it is. Live on a Monday. I just love Cowherd Steve. This hits so hard. <laughs> I forgot I had that saved. Uh, it's going to be annoying, and I apologize ahead of time. Let's take a three-minute break. Come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Packers. I want to get into the Bucks. They introduced their coach today, so we'll do that in the second hour of the show. A lot more coming up on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. What a wet and wild first hour. We had some fun with Colin Cowherd's theme music. Mike and Chippewa Falls, what a pull. It says, wasn't Cowherd's theme song in Kill Bill? It absolutely was, Mike. It was before they killed like 40 or 50 people and the screen had to go black and white because there was so much blood. <laughs> Kill Bill, by the way, fantastic movie. Uh, I have not seen... I haven't seen a couple other Tarantino movies. That one's definitely my favorite. But I, again, what does it matter? I haven't seen them all. Vagabond John, let's get him in here before 5 o'clock. What's up, John? Sitting in arguably the worst airport in America in Boston, Massachusetts. How are we doing, Grant? Oh, why are you in Boston? Uh, Ron Supper Club on tour? Uh, uh, no, just a quick 24-hour work trip. You know, when I planned this about two months ago, I was really hoping that I would either catch a final Stanley Cup game or uh-huh. finals NBA game. And, uh, you know, when I got here, it was just pouring rain, and you can just feel the depression around the city. Well, you'll get Brewers that's, that's, versus that's the Orioles here. tonight at 640, and you'll like it. That's what you'll get to watch on your plane. How does that there. sound? <laughs> Base, love it. There yeah. we go. There's baseball. Hey, what did you eat at McDonald's when you were hungover? Well, I got uh, there. there. There were people in the chat asking. Oh, this is a tragedy. I got there at like 1040. I desperately wanted some sausage biscuits, but it had converted to lunch by then. So I went, I I panicked. I got a medium fry and I finished that in the car on my drive home. God, it was so hot and sunny. It was a miserable drive to McDonald's. And then I uh, had a McChicken and a McDouble because I didn't know what to get. So I just got a burger and a chicken sandwich and called it good. That sounds elite. Well, the reason I called in, uh, I'm out here in Boston doing sales. Right, mm-hmm. work in sales. And what I've learned in sales is you have to limit or restrict your inventory sometimes to create demand. Ah. And what I've discovered is last week I put out a tweet saying, we are not accepting any more members of the Joe Berry fan club. Oh, You are not allowed in right now. It's exclusive. And I posted that on the Bleacher Report app. And now all of a sudden people are starting to turn around and figure it out a little bit. So... 
uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting development. I posted a, a message on the, on the boards on the Bleach Report app, and all of a sudden a bunch of guys were like, you know what, you might be right. And I was not used to that. It's like that, uh, that, that was the first time. It only happened after I said no one else was allowed in. It's like when Tom and John Ralphio in Parks and Rec open whatever it is, club something or other, and they just turn everyone away at the door to make it seem like they're full, but they ultimately don't end up making any money because they don't accept anyone. Uh, so maybe that's what's yeah, going on with the Joe Barry situation? I don't know. We'll see. But Romeo Dobbs, you know, he, he spent the whole season watching, you know, uh, the Packers playing top five offenses, holding them under 20 points, and then playing <laughs> against the bottom five offenses and only putting up 15 points. Such a so, of course, he doesn't know. <laughs> he, of course, he doesn't know what Aaron Rodgers actually looked like in a prime. The only Aaron Rodgers he saw was broken thumb Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't. That thing has been circulating around all the shows today. And it's just like, man, this this kid has no concept of what Aaron Rodgers actually was like. It's like, you know, um, if, if my grandpa is telling me about Betty White in her prime, and then I go look up photos of Betty White, I'm like, grandpa, this isn't the spank bank. This doesn't belong there. That's, you know, you, it, everything, time is relative, Grant. That, uh, that is a that is a great example. I have to run. Uh, Ten seconds. Was Ben Kenny's absence on the zone felt any any like it was this morning with the golf news? I missed Ben. I missed Ben, man. A lot of bad recruiting news. Need Ben back in. Somebody's got to replace him. Travel safe, vagabond John. Appreciate you. Later, Grant. Enjoy Boston. Your cousin from Boston. Bill Burr's not even that funny while we're throwing opinions out there. Hour two next. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Yeah, speaking of Boston, I just, I, I like Bill Burr. He's, he's funny enough. I like him more when he acts because he's actually kind of like a sneaky good actor when he plays small roles and things. I just don't think he's that funny. Like, I, So this one time I was drunk driving, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I also think that every comedian just ages out. Like, I don't think you can be, like, at the top of the stand-up game for more than a couple years at a time, which is now fine because every comedian just hosts a podcast and makes money that way. Don't get me started on how many comedy podcasts there are now. Well, whatever. That's not the point. Jeremy and Scotty, whose Twitter opinions during the show, I like, he's at Yelwad, but his handle's Jeremy and Scotty. Like, I might take his tweet. Like, when you tweet me, Jeremy, I listen. Because you were one of the first people, like, the first week I started the show. No one called. No one texted. You tweeted. This is four or five years ago in 2018. So I will always listen to your tweets. I just don't think Bill Burr is that funny. I don't know. But it's probably an anti-Boston thing. It's just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like Boston. Vagabond John's waiting in an airport in Boston. He's like, I wish I had a Stanley Cup Finals game or maybe an NBA Finals game to watch on the plane and in the airport. Nothing better than live sports on the plane or in the airport. 
Well, Vagabond John, you're going to get Brewers Orioles and you're going to like it. Okay? That's what you're going to get. I remember in 2020, was it in 2020? Was it 2019? I, I, it would have been in, in the spring. It would have been in March of 2021. There we go. March of 2021. I flew back from Arizona and I, I flew into the cities and then into La Crosse, which is, which is great because the airport's like 10 minutes from my house because it's right. I mean, flying out of the local airport is just the best. The worst part is sitting in the Minneapolis airport for like two hours waiting because you know you're like I'm so close. Can we just get on the plane and get this over with? And I watched the Buck Sixers game where Giannis sat down on the floor. They won in overtime, I think. Oh, was it? Oh, such a good win. Uh, and it made my airport experience. It made my my flying, my travel experience, so much better. So, Vagabond John, I'm with you. You will get Brewers Orioles tonight, and you will like it. I did watch hockey last night. I have nothing to say about it. Uh, the NBA Finals back tomorrow. Speaking of the NBA, the Bucks hired their head coach today officially, or at least made it official to the public with a press conference. Uh, John Horst speaking, Adrian Griffin speaking, taking questions. I got some audio. We can parse through it and talk about it. But first, let's talk to Tony from Texas, 608-796-2558. What's up, Tony? Hey, well, first of all, Grant, I've got Nuggets Bucks on on the background on the DVR. I'm watching that. I don't even know who's going to win. I think the Bucks win. I have it on, and is I'm it, listening to your show. Is it the game uh, from right. March? Uh, the one where they got shelled? It's the game from March at Denver. T- tell me who wins. Give me the spoiler alert. Uh, the Nuggets won very easily, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. That was the I, five I games in it. seven days fiasco. We were making all sorts of excuses about how they were tired, and they probably were, but, yeah, that was that game. Okay. Hey, Bill Burr is good. I saw him in Dallas, American Airlines Center, sold out. I did like him. I don't know much about his comedy. I kind of disagree with you a little bit. Dave Chappelle's never been better right now. He's, that, he's, on, he's really good. Dave is – there are people who can buck – yes, who can have staying power. Chappelle's absolutely one of them. Highly recommend Chappelle's Netflix series if anyone's looking for some good comedy. Hey, Bart uh, – uh, Bart. <laughs> I almost wow. called you Bart Grant. Wow. Jeez, Wow. Grant, hey, before I get to the sports, so I was listening to uh, uh, the Elton John song "Rocket Man," and I, you know, Cohn is talking about you know the the Bush administration, but I got to take it back to the '60s. Um, you know, the Rocket Man made me start thinking about the space program. Yeah, and I think you're a pretty smart guy, but was the space program just a big waste of time, or did, it, did we get anything out of that? Well, I think you'd have to talk to people that were. Fighting through the Cold War, wondering when it was ever going to end. Like, there was a big crowning achievement for our country, Tony. You live in Texas, and it's like the capital of patriotism in this country. What did we... We beat the Soviet Union to the moon. Yeah. And then we've been to Mars. Damn straight we did. I I just think we could do more with that. Maybe repair our roads or our our schools or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, sure. You can always fix the roads. Everyone always wants to fix the roads. That's the what about China of tax money. It's like, well, we're going to build this awesome new thing. And it's always like, fix the roads, right? Like LeBron opens his mouth to say one thing. It's like, what about China? It's like, why? It's always the roads. I didn't like, I like having nice roads. Don't get me wrong. but I think we discovered the the orange drink Kang from the space program and maybe like TV dinners, like frozen TV dinners or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, Romeo Dobbs and mm-hmm. his comments about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, that is just kind of silly by Dobbs. Oh, my God. Yeah, to, you... to say that about the great the great Aaron Rodgers, I think um, Begamon John said it best, man. That he, he just doesn't know. 
Well, and I mean, is he lying? Going from his version of Aaron Rodgers last year to whatever's next, there might not actually be a big difference. And I know we killed Devontae Adams for saying something similar, but Devontae Adams called Derek Carr a Hall of Famer, for Cripe's sake. Like, come on, that's different. That is. But Dobbs, I know he's got to stand up for his boy love, but, um, yeah, I, I just I hope I hope he like, sets the world on fire, but I'm a little bit skeptical that he's going to be the long-term solution. Hey, and, and this Adrian Griffin hire, this has got – Ray Rhodes written all over it. Oh, I don't know Jesus. if you're a what, what, what is with you're you? a Packer historian. I, like I, I saw you tweeting Green. earlier today. Over under two years, Adrian Giffen gets yeah, fired. Yeah, I'm going to get what, in that right is, now. What is with you? I, I just think it's just a weak hire. This is not a championship quality coach. That, who who said we need Adrian Griffin as our head coach? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you're, I wasn't even the fire Bud guy. Everyone was screaming for the last month during the playoffs. Oh, Bud sucks. Got to get rid of him. I, you, I don't know. I don't know. Who did you want? Who did you want them to hire? Well, I, I, you got guys like like Nurse, maybe Cassell, maybe Ty Lue if he was out there. But I want a championship quality guy. I, what was Griffin done? I, I don't I don't understand that that hire. But we will see. Time will tell. And I will say it's going to be under two years. I don't think he's going to last. I think he's going to be like a Terry Porter type of hire. Just lasts for a year or two, and that's it. It would have to go so sideways. And I don't think it can with the roster that they have. Like, I think they have such a high floor that it it literally can't go sideways enough for him to get fired in a year or two, I don't think. It definitely could go sideways. You could have a Giannis injury, God forbid. You could have something okay, happen but that, that... But that wouldn't be his uh, fault. That wouldn't be the coach's fault. It, it doesn't matter with this roster you said we have. Well, well, if Giannis is hurt, then the roster's different, Tony. Like... Well, let me here. Let me ask you this because I don't think we're going to agree on any of this. Terry Stotts, he's got six years. How many years of coaching That's experience was coach. it? And he's and now That's he's on his bench. He's got him coach. as an assistant. That's important, right? Yeah, that is important. I know they brought Stotts in for offense and they brought in uh, Griffin for defense, but I, I just don't like the hire. I, I, I don't know. It, it just does not look like a championship quality hire. Time will tell. It's going to be up to the Bucks making some adjustments here with. With uh, Middleton, are they going to keep Middleton? They keep Brooke. I don't know. Um, that they got a lot of decisions to make. Grant, I don't know. Yeah, I look. Everyone's got questions about Adrian Griffin. I guess it just comes back to who did you want instead? Tyloo wasn't available. Like, okay, you could. Who was the other assistant coach that you mentioned? Sam Cassell. What, how would Sam Cassell be any different of a hire than Adrian Griffin? Adrian Griffin's been an assistant forever gone through all of the steps you want a coach to go through before they get hired like i okay if you wanted nick nurse fine i i think there's a lot of warts to nick nurse as a coach too they're different warts but he's got warts i don't think there was a perfect candidate where we were all going to be sitting here today like slam dunk hire tremendous 100 percent confident yeah now the, the candidate pool was not the best i agree the best coach out there right now is Spolstra. Uh, the heat i think are going to win this next game grant make it a series that's that's what I'm, my take on nba finals by the way, if the Heat win Game Three. They're up yep. two one at Miami. Got all the juice. Ooh, ooh. wait, hey, oh, one more thing because I know he's a, a fellow Whitnell Falcon like yourself. Um, what do you make of Tyler Hero saying, "I maybe I don't want to come back. I don't want to mess up the mojo of my team." I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a. I, I, I don't know if it's a great look. That's a tough. That is a tough look for Ty, and you can't blame the guy. You don't want to go in there and mess things up. I mean, Duncan Robinson, Strauss, all these guys are playing good ball right now. I don't think you want to just go in there and and 
screw things up. I, I, I can see where Tyler's coming from. He'll be the scapegoat if they fall apart. Yeah, I I guess I would just lie. Like, if he truly doesn't want to come back and mess <laughs> up rhythm, I would say, the hand's bad. It, it, it's not healed yet. Like, then lie. I, I, I don't know. When I saw that quote, this is the quote. He also shared his consideration of not wanting to come back and mess up the rhythm of the team. I'm like, hmm, that's that's something, I guess. I'm not going to say Ben Simmons-esque because Ben Simmons is a whole different thing, but it is, I don't know, it is kind of interesting. I guess that's it. All right, Wait, when is the next game? Is it tonight or tomorrow? Uh, I believe it is tomorrow. Let me triple check. Tomorrow, okay. Which is a bummer. Yeah, it's tomorrow at 7.30, which is a bummer because I have plans tomorrow night. Tonight, I'm like Vagabond John. I'm at home with my thumb up my butt, and I'm going to watch Brewers or Hills, <laughs> which is hardly electric. All right. Oh, my God. All Thanks, right, Tony. Or, or I should I? Bart, Tom. Grant. Yeah, I'll call you the wrong name. Appreciate the call. Hey, well, I mean, Dave's a call me Tina for crying out loud. Jeez. Tina from Texas. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call, Tony. All right. See you, bud. Yeah, have a good one. That's Tony in Texas. Yeah, that Tyler Hero quote is interesting. I get it. I get the questions about Adrian Griffin. I, I totally do. But it, it and, I, and I hate to be this guy who's beating a dead horse and, and kind of coming across as a tool, but like, who did you want them to hire? Who. Who did you want the Bucks to hire that, that would have had us sitting here today saying, slam dunk, I know it's going to work. But there wasn't there wasn't that option out there. Tyloo wasn't available. I know people keep bringing up Tyloo. Tyloo, the Bucks liked him a lot. I have no doubts that the Bucks went all in to try to figure out how, you know, how do we, can we get Tyloo? It was off the table. John Horst talking about the hiring process, what went into the selection, what went into the coaching search. Here's the Bucks general manager from earlier today. We opened this a few weeks ago. We said we we're going to run a great process. And uh, through extensive background and re- uh, reference work, uh, we did advanced analytics on coaching profiles and stat profiles. Um, we really spent a ton of time in an interview process of which we targeted 20 or so folks to start, conducted 15 or so first-round interviews, uh, reduced it down to a group of six or so people for second-round interviews, and ultimately a finalist group that met with our ownership, met with folks from the business side on the Bucks, uh, the performance group, our players, um, and ultimately our ownership. And we all landed on Adrian Griffin as being the, uh, the candidate that we recommended to take this job. I have John Horst on why the candidate was Adrian Griffin and what they liked about him. I also have Adrian Griffin talking about one part of the interview process that I thought was really interesting. I want to share with you that. First, Mike at Eau Claire is here. Let's talk to Mike, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Hey, bro. How are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. This has been a very fun show. And I, I, it's not that I doubted coming into the show, but there's not a ton going on. And I think we've had a blast so far through an hour and 15 minutes. I have. I, I've enjoyed every – the last few days have been great. The, this show has got such a great angle where you let us, the people who are out here listening to you talk with you. It's great. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. I love the setup. I'm so happy. But I just, I've been watching. I really like this Adrian Griffin. I like this, the way he took that, the answer to questions. And, you know, he's got such a defensive background. And the NBA, like the NFL, they, they switch. They're, they always kind of are always in a little bit of a switching. And today's game, you know, where everything except rape and mugging is allowed on defense, Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, I think we have so, he's got such a good defensive mind and he's been with these guys and he's, I really like what he was saying and how he was, his answers, we'll, we'll figure it out. We will work on this. Yeah. We have these things to do. I like that about him. I think he's going to be a good fit. 
he was. Uh, maybe um, I'm too optimistic. No, I choose to be optimistic. We we don't know again. And, and going back to what I was talking about with Tony, I think any coaching they brought in, any coach they brought in, would be a question mark. Now, if they would have hired Monty right. Williams or Doc Rivers, it would be a different type of question mark. It's like, well, we kind of know what we're getting, but is that going to be enough? Can Doc Rivers get over, or Monty Williams get over the hump with this team? Whereas Adrian Griffin, it's like we have different question marks, right? There's a, a, a lower yeah. floor, but absolutely maybe a higher ceiling. There's always going to be question marks coming out of this. Yeah. We might as well be optimists about it, Mike. Otherwise, we're just going to be right. grabby and miserable all summer, and I don't want to do that. Oh, no, and, and there's a couple of things, you know. The deal is, is that these guys are basketball people. I had to work in cardiology my whole life. Now, I know the heart, but I don't know basketball, the intricacy that they do. you got to see these people in the office. They know what they're doing. They live this. Well, they gave this guy a job. There must be something that they know. And, you know, Ulster is a, he's a unicorn. Yeah. You know, he's actually Pat Riley's disciple. If Phil Jackson, the Zen master, would have a disciple, if we could have got him, that would have been awesome. But there's nobody like Ulster out there. And in coaching, it's such, it is a big deal in basketball. You know, did you see a Spolstra, they score like six points. He calls a timeout. He gets what's going on out there. He settles him down. He runs to the play. I mean, Budenholzer was letting him go. We did have an 18-point run, and he wouldn't call timeout. I'm like, what's going on? Let's, let's settle this down, you know? And uh, yeah. it was frustrating. I want to talk just a little bit about Packers, um, yeah. if I could. Yeah, 100%. Aaron Rodgers, which is a name that I haven't enjoyed saying, and I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Now everybody's talking about Aaron's love life again, and I guess he's doing something <laughs> with Taylor Swift, and I really don't care. I think it's so funny, but I've got this feeling for the last seven or eight years, I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling out there, but I kind of think that maybe Aaron Rodgers, and there's nothing wrong with this, could be a game yet. I think he could be. I really do. Why? You know what? If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. How come he's not with these beautiful women longer than that little bit of time? When they want to commit, I'll say go. So you know, it's like Michael Jackson. It's like Michael Jackson with bubbles. You know what I mean? It's like why doesn't he have a beautiful girlfriend? Think I'm way off? No, I don't think you're way off. I don't. I don't know if we need to. I don't know if we need to dig into it. I also. I also just googled Aaron Rodgers, and the first. Uh, the first headline is from the New York Post, and it's Aaron Rodgers Sauce Gardner practice weed smoking handshake at Jets OTA. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know, the thing is, and then and then with touchdown Jesus and stuff like that. I just I don't know. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But here's what I want. Here's my angle. If it comes out in ten years, I want the credit for coming up with it first. I want to say, hey, this this guy from Wisconsin knew it and called it before it was known to the world. All right, and well, uh, I'll tell you what. If that ever becomes public, uh, I will not forget your call today. That's for sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. That's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I'm, I'm proud of him, and he's a great quarterback. I don't care what his sexual orientation might be, but it just seems funny to me. Um. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of a weird note. I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to take your show to that, and I apologize. But no, I just good. was thinking about it because Michael, Bill Michaels, was talking about it earlier. 
about all his women and their tan legs and stuff like that. Well, if Bill brought it up, then um, it's okay. Bill Bill broke the ice yeah. earlier today. We're just we're just swimming in his wake, so I, I feel better about that. I do need to take a break, and it's this is the perfect way. Your call is a perfect segment ender because we don't need to go anywhere. We just go to commercial. We'll come back. We'll do a nice hard reset. <laughs> well, we'll forget about it. Okay. Hey, you're the greatest. I enjoy the show Thank every day. You. Thank you. Thank Mike. you. Have an awesome night. That is my <laughs> what. That's Mike and Eau Claire. Oh, my God. Tony from Texas is tweeting me. Tony, this is dumb. So Tony tweeted today over under two years on the tenure of Adrian Griffin. And somebody replied under, why do you think Stotts took the job? Tony, you can't, you cannot honestly think, you cannot think that that Stotts took this assistant coach job thinking that one day Adrian Griffin would bomb and therefore he would be in pole position to take over. That's nuts. That do- also, also, that doesn't happen in sports. It just, do- it just doesn't. We think it does. It doesn't. For years, we're like, oh, uh, Jim Leonard's sticking around because he thinks Paul Chris is going to get fired. That, it's not how sports work. They, they went out and hired Luke Fickle as fast as they could. There's no assistants don't lurk for a job. To, that's not how sports work. I got to take a break. Three minutes, Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Grant Bills. I hope you're having a good night. I hope Mike and Eau Claire is happy. <laughs> I want to keep talking about this Adrian Griffin hire. I got a little audio. One question and answer is my favorite part of the press conference. I have a bunch of Q&As. We'll play some of them. I'm not going to play an entire 30-minute press conference. That would be very boring. I would get bored. So I could guarantee that you would also be bored. Uh, There's one quote that I want to play in a couple minutes that I found to be the most interesting part. But first, let's talk to uh, one of our resident Bucks fans and Bucks season ticket holder. Q is in Milwaukee, 608-796-2558. What's up, Q? Grant, it's been a while. It has been. I see you you chiming in with texts every once in a while, but you haven't called in a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like unless you give me a free pass to say what I texted you about yesterday, I'm just going to assume that that was over the line. <laughs> well, that hasn't stopped some callers today, so it hasn't, I don't know. I know I've given Mike crap. I mean, it's just kind of hilarious that he just said that out of nowhere. Yeah, and he's not original. So, Mike, that's been a rumor for years, so stop patting yourself on the back. Yeah, Take but also, like... Mike might be the only ever caller to this show to call in and plant his flag. Like, sure, a lot of people were thinking it, but I, Mike, yeah, yeah I think that I, was the only official flag plant of any caller. So, yeah, if that's what you want to stake your, put your name on. Uh, I, I thought we were going to do a smooth transition and not bring it up. <laughs> yeah, it's my bad. Anyways, Bucks, what a press conference today! Yeah. My God, beautiful day for it out in front of Pfizer. Absolutely, I'm actually excited about this hire. But it's for one reason only. I think it's going to get Giannis to extend. Okay. So, and I know a lot of people were all about Nick Nurse. But if if it was a coin flip and it was fifty percent wanted Nurse and fifty percent wanted Griffin, 
if Giannis is the hammer, especially with that extension looming. So you got to let the big man decide who gets to coach him. Um, and I completely disagree with Tony. I, I think uh, Griffin's got as long as a leash as Giannis will give him. So I, I don't think the two-year time frame is going to do it. And I also agree with you, Grant, that this roster, they've got a three- to four-year window. They're probably going to make some moves this offseason that extend it. So the the world is uh, is is Griffin's if he can, can make it work. So I like this hire because I think this has a higher ceiling than Doc Rivers or Monty Williams. Might have a lower floor. Right. But I but I don't know if Doc Rivers or Monty Williams is going to get you the answer you want. I, I don't know if they're going to take you to the promised land. Griffin might not either. But Griffin, like uh, I think it was Mike and Eau Claire in that last segment. He said, well, there's no Spolstra's out there. Well, Spolstra started in the film room, worked his way up, earned it very similarly to the way that Adrian Griffin has. So great coaches have to come from somewhere. Right. And the Bucks, I think, are hoping that they've identified the guy who's about to be considered one of those young and upcoming coaches in this league. That's what they're betting on. Absolutely. And it's low risk. Like, if you let your star player pick it, like, it's his fault if it fails. I suppose. um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I'm I'm all for it. And I'm really excited to see what else uh, Horse has to do this offseason to either keep this roster intact or refresh it a bit. Um, anyways, I thought I would try my hand at an off-season question for you since we're in the off-season of sports besides Brewers. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. So you have to buy a jersey, a Packers jersey today. Ooh. And it, it needs to be a first-year player, a rookie, or a second-year player. Who's it going to be? Oh, I like this. this is and fun, it's your actually. only jersey you can wear for the next five years. Mm. Well, part of me you wants to say Dobbs or Van Ness. Part of me, honestly, part of me wants to say Samari Toure, but I, I, I can't. That's too risky. Uh, probably Watson. I, and I'm excited to watch him in year two. I, I just think that he's got the size and speed and all of the traits to be someone who just makes a lot of really fun plays. And I, the vibes seemingly are are very good, so I would probably say Watson, but Toure is my dark horse. And, and what if what if I let you add fifth year player Jordan Love into the mix? I don't, man. I I genuinely don't so know what to now expect. Now it's from Watson Jordan or Love. Watson or Love. Hmm. Mm, probably Watson. Probably Watson. Probably Watson. I, yeah, I think I saw a kid biking around my neighborhood with a, a Jordan Love jersey on yesterday, and I, I think I've got to I've got to do it. I've got to plunk down some cash. I have not bought a jersey since I got an Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl jersey with the Lombardi logo on it. I've got tons of Buck jerseys, but I, I have not bought a, a Packers jersey since then. That would have been Reebok at the time, right? So you have a, a Reebok Packers jersey was the last one you bought? I think 2010 or 2011 was the last year before they went over to Nike? Uh, back when I bought this jersey, you could get like $25 jerseys that were had a slight defect from China on the internet. Oh. So yeah. I don't 
it's probably like Weebok or something like that. I, but it looks real. It looks real. I ordered, uh, I tried to order one time a Clippers crisp or uh, a Clippers JJ Reddick jersey from China. Uh, one of their one of their black ones when they uh, like one of the this this was the Lob City Clippers at the time and I ordered a JJ Reddick it was the sketchiest website ever and I think whoever sent it to me was like he's gonna get Chris Paul what's he gonna do return it so I got sent to Chris Paul jersey I don't even like Chris Paul that much but it's a cool it's the the color jersey I wanted it's just not the JJ Reddick but I think the Chinese were correct in that what am I gonna do call the cops I bought it illegally anyway so it's not like I'm gonna send it back. So they they owned me on that one, unfortunately. Whoops! Get what you pay for, as they always say. Yeah, that's, hopefully, yep. the Bucks get more than they paid for with Adrian Griffin. How's, that, was how's a, that? For that was a nice way to tie it together, and you. we'll make for a much more uh, easy transition compared to the end of our last call, from Mike. You keep bringing it up. I ca- I try and pull you out of the depths I know. of despair, and you keep bringing it up. Right? I know. We'll right. do, we'll hear from Adrian well, Griffin uh, now. Appreciate you, Q. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one as well. Get a Jordan Love jersey. The last Packer jersey I bought was I got a Mike Daniels jersey because I asked for it as a gift for my parents, and they obliged. And then I bought a white Jordan because I had a, a green one. It was Mike Daniels, and then I bought a white one. It was Aaron Rodgers, and that was my uh, – that's what I wore to go out drinking in college mostly. A lot of Oktoberfest time spent in that jersey. Here is Adrian Griffin being asked about the impact of Giannis in the coaching search and in the interview process. And he made some points in here and, and shared some details about the, the, I guess, application process. Not that you apply to be an NBA head coach, but you get my point. Here is Adrian Griffin talking about Giannis. I think first uh, I want to give credit to uh, John and his staff because the environment and the platform that they gave me in the interview process really worked in my favor. Uh, again, I was able to get on the board um, multiple times. I was able to break down film and edit and kind of give my analysis. And then they allowed me to meet with different personnel uh, within the organization along with Giannis. But I can tell you, you know, I left the conversation and all. Uh, you're talking about a guy that is super passionate about uh, bringing another championship to the city of, of Milwaukee. He was very humble. Uh, he was very hungry. And those are the traits that we are looking for with our players. I had an opportunity to reach out to all the players. And that was the common theme from the players, that they are hungry. Right? And, they, and, you know, that's kind of going to be our model this year. You know, we're going to put in the work. We're not going to take anything for granted. And, you know, we're gearing up for April, May, and June. I liked hearing about the interview process and how they let him get on the whiteboard. Show us what you would have changed around here. Here's some film. Show us what you would have done differently and and show us what this would look like under an an Adrian Griffin system. I liked that. And it reminds me of what Zach Lowe said. If I remember where I saved that audio, I'm very organized, but it would have been what late last week. Zach Lowe talking about how the league at large is very impressed by the Bucks. Yeah, here it is. People around this were incredibly impressed with how the Bucks went about this process. The fact that they traveled in person to every interview, like no Zoom, we're meeting in person, we're going to break bread. Obviously, Giannis was consulted in person. I, also, I was told, and just the thoroughness of the questions and the exact, it wasn't just, okay, give me the PowerPoint. It was, 
there was a great dialogue and back and forth. And a first-time head coach landing this job is quite a statement of faith in that in that person, in Adrian Griffin. I like that. Lawyer Dave is here, who's not in lacrosse. He's in Madison. I made that mistake yesterday. What's going on, Dave? Well, just real quickly, you know, great athletes often need something to motivate them to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And I think Giannis watching Nikola, I don't know how to say his name. Jokic? Jokic? Yeah, you got it. That's got to be a huge motivator for Giannis because, you know, I love Giannis. Everything he does is absolutely great. But at some point he might say to himself, well, what else do I need to do? How do? What's the next level I need to attain? And the answer really is watch Jokic. Yeah. Jokic, the way he handles the ball, the way he is truly a point guard, the way he passes, makes everybody else better, makes himself better. I think Giannis actually is, and I think everybody would say he's more athletic than Jokic. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways that's true. Jokic's soft touch and shooting... I mean, it's amazing. He is basically, like, would you regard him as being Shaq, only Shaq who can dribble and shoot and pass? Yeah. You know, he is, he, I, I he think, is the size of Shaq, isn't he? Yeah, and, but I think Giannis is more Shaq. I think Jokic and, and Giannis are really interesting comparisons because Giannis is, he doesn't have no skill, but he is mostly size and athleticism, and he's running and dunking and jumping. Whereas Jokic is the other end of the spectrum. Jokic is athletic in in the way that Giannis is also skilled, but Jokic is like 90% skill, 10% athleticism, and Giannis is the inverse. He's like 90% athleticism, 10% skill. So they're almost the inverse of each other as as players. And and Dave, well, I, I, I agree, agree with, with you. what you're saying. Yep. But he can get better. Giannis yes. can actually get better. He can work. Now he's got something to work on. Not just his jump shot, not just his free throws, but he can work on some of the other really subtle things that Jokic does. And Jokic, it just, you know, what does it take to motivate a great player? Well, for Aaron Rodgers, his motivation seemed to be, uh, you know, bring in somebody to replace me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to win two MVPs. I don't think that's it for Giannis, but I think for Giannis to watch what Jokic is doing, I never understood Jokic is winning two MVP trophies. Now I understand it completely. So I didn't see him play that much. So your your thing about motivation is is interesting because let's let's consider the timeline of the of the Bucks last couple of years. Right, they lose in 2018, 2019. They're up two on the Raptors. They let it get away from them. Shoot, right. But we're building, growing. Year one under Coach Bud. Come back the next year. You lose in the second round in the bubble. Not good. Not good at all. Then they make the trade for Drew, and it feels like this is this is kind of it. It's time to to piss or get off the pot because, right, you either need to keep getting better or you're getting worse. And that year after the Heat beat him in the bubble, they come out and they smoke the Heat in the first round. You could tell they were motivated, they were angry, they were pissed off, and they took it out on the Heat. They went and won a title. The year after they win the title, they lose to the Celtics, Dave, but... They, you know, Middleton gets hurt, and, and I think a lot of people walked away from that series thinking, well, if Middleton was healthy, the Bucks win. And I, I think they carried that with them throughout the year, whereas they, they came into this postseason thinking, well, now we're healthy. We'll just cruise to the finals, when that was obviously not true. So maybe this was the resetting, eye-opening loss they needed, whereas they didn't really get that reset losing to the Celtics because Middleton was hurt. They kind of had that built-in excuse. 
Well, also, they weren't healthy. Yeah, yeah. They weren't healthy. Well, this year, yeah, you got In game one. Yeah. Yeah, so hard, hard to calculate that. And, of course, nobody saw the heat coming. Yeah, I. you are correct about nobody. Even the people who watch the most basketball and follow this the most closely, I think, were the most surprised. Because the Heat were just mid all regular season, and then all of a sudden they they weren't. <sighs> yeah, it, it's hard to explain the Heat. It, what, what's hard to explain is how do they have such a lousy regular season? That's I think that's the million-dollar question. It's like, where was this for six months? You guys couldn't find this. You barely made, they barely made the playoffs. It's not like they cruised in as the third or the fourth seed. They were a couple minutes away from no, they, missing the postseason entirely. That's why they were number eight. They weren't number seven. <sighs> All right. We're going to hear more from Adrian Griffin coming up. I'm going to let you go and take Have a, a break. Have a good one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Lawyer Dave in Madison listening on The Zone. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. We'll hear more from Adrian Griffin, a little bit from John Horst as well as the Bucks introducing their next head coach today. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Uh, you got to give me a sec here before we can continue. I need to tweet at Ben Kenny. Uh, he tweeted a picture at the Phillies game, I'm assuming. And he said, good night at the yard. And I'm going to reply. Can't believe you left Wisconsin before you had a chance to get a Paige Speronic bobblehead. DM me address and I'll send you one. Tweet. Hope Ben's doing well in Philly. Although I can't imagine he is. Paige Speronic bobblehead day is coming up in 10 days and Ben's not going to be here for it. Can't imagine he's thrilled. We're talking the Bucks hired a coach today, by the way. I don't mean to bury the lead. We've gone on lots of tangents tonight, as we normally do. Eric on I-90 is on hold. God, I feel bad about this. I was going to pay a cut before we get to Eric, but let's let's chat now. 608-796-2558. What's up, Eric? Hard charging down I-90 on a Tuesday afternoon right at you, Grant Bill. Right You're on the you. super slab, huh? On a super slab on a Tuesday. I love, on a Tuesday, Eric on a ninety on a Tuesday. What do you think about this new Bucks coach? They announced him today. I thought the press conference went pretty well. Right. I mean, if we can't pull off a good press conference on a coach, well, then we really got to go back to the drawing board, though. But yeah. right. I mean, that's pretty simple to do. I don't know anything about the guy, um, so I have no opinion. I'm just hoping that well. Reality is that Giannis is the key, right? And that guy was, there was a call, I heard a couple callers earlier that was, you know, Giannis being back is really the key. We really don't care who the coach is. Well, we don't. I, I don't we know don't. if, it, I don't know if it's that, that we don't care. I, I think it's maybe all of these coaches were basically the same or very similar. And if Giannis loves one of them, all right, well, then we'll go with that one, you know? We're indifferent to it. I, I, I say that at work a lot because if I say I don't care, which I really don't care. Yeah. If I say I'm indifferent to it, then it sounds like I care. 
but I probably don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nicer word. Yeah, I know what you mean. The nicer word. Yeah. There's a lot of, you've covered a lot of subjects here this afternoon. No kidding. Some of them were not, it is, it is Pride Month, right? It is. Now one guy could be onto something. He might be. I, I, I personally liked our discussion about George Bush and how he's underrated as far as presidents go and just being hilarious. Um, there's a guy who plays George Bush. It's in the movie Vice. Um, oh, he's a good actor. He's in a lot of, a lot of movies. He's in the, the oh, I can't even think of them all. I'm on it. We can't, we can't go there. Uh... Oh, he played. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, the Christian Bale movie about uh, uh, what's Dick Cheney? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That was a good. I enjoyed the movie. I don't know if it's hundred percent true, but I did enjoy it. It's a good movie. Have you watched it? No, there's something. I don't know. There's something very appealing about like uh, I don't know, like politics and every. There's a power struggle. That's why people love House of Cards and you know Veep and all these political shows. All right, then he covered going to the moon. Was that worth it? Yeah. Do you and think of it was worth it? it? Was. Okay. Uh, why do it? Because we can. Yeah. All right? Dang That's sure. why we do it. Every every exploratory, you know, whether it was Columbus or whatever, that was to look for riches, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They didn't, and they just didn't find anything up there. We wouldn't have had the movie Apollo 13 if it wasn't for us going that's to the moon. Tr- that's true. Think, of all, the, think right? of all that movie did for our economy and for my education. I remember watching it in seventh grade in social studies. Right. We can't rely on Pink Floyd for everything space-related knowledge, right? That's we true. Can. That's true. We can. Um, that's about all I got going on today. Oh, you know you were talking about sports? Mm-hmm. Uh, arenas and that stuff was. like that getting paid for by the public. Yep. Minneapolis paid off their U.S. Bank Stadium 21 years early. It's already paid. Well, and that's how, and I don't mean to go all Dave Ramsey, that's how you get after debt. You you, you don't drag that out. You know, you're paying interest. You attack that debt. Go after it. Good for Minneapolis. Right. I didn't know that. You could, could be completely right. making this up. I don't know, but if that's true, good for the Oh, I didn't city. make it up. They, they did it with pull tab money. So they <laughs> They did. So they just focused on people's addictions to pay for the stadium. That's yeah. perfectly okay. Right? And I want to clarify something I said last week. Okay. Somebody who knows who I am said that I, I seem a little insensitive. I was talking about these horses that die as a result of horse racing. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I thought maybe we're missing something here that that should be some premium cat and dog food because ah. your horse might run faster. Interesting. Or your, your cat might run faster, your dog might run faster. And they thought I was insensitive to the horses, but, you know, I'm not the one killing them. Yeah. All right, we're killing So you're... them are the people to be mad at. Oh, my right? God. Right? I mean, you're correct. Yeah, you're not, you're not killing the horses. That's very, that's correct. I'm not killing the horse. I'm just trying to make the best of what we got going right here. Yeah, you're trying to make and chicken salad think, out of, you know what. Right, and the people are upset about that, but I think you should be more upset over the people 
that get entertainment out of killing horses. That's true. Right? You don't throw a Kentucky Derby party and get all dressed up? No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe in the cruelty to animals just for betting purposes. I just... You know, we used to hold Cat Olympics when we were kids. And, you know, some of those were some really good athletes, some of those cats. Mm-hmm. They can run like hell. Oh, they can. Um, so, just saying, you just, just don't do it. I am not for any type of betting on animals. All right. That's fair. Hey, before I let you go, you come into the big unit cigar dinner tomorrow night? He's going to be in lacrosse. No, I'm not coming to the big unit cigar dinner. Okay. He doesn't want to see me. He cuts me right off. Well, he has no time for me. Wow. He didn't want to talk about dead horses? What do you mean? I don't. He doesn't <laughs> put up with any silliness. They're working on it. I told Dave from Monona the other day, as soon as I know who's replaced, I will fill you guys in. You will be the first people I tell as soon as I know. Well, it's hard, it's hard to know because Bill Michaels didn't let Ben Kenny speak ever either. So that's we'll a, never really even know. That's very, he's a very brief man. Ben Ben's not one to go on long tangents no. rambling about dumb things like me. He will when he's got the show to himself. Well, yeah, because he has he to. He absolutely He will. has to. Well, I hope I didn't. I hope I, I hope I can contribute to your show tonight, Dan. You, you did, I do have to take one last break. This was, yes, you contributed. I got to go, though. Yeah, have a good one, Grant. You as well. Listen to that laugh. Uh, yes. Uh, cosign on all that. Come to the cigar dinner tomorrow night. I mean, I don't. Even, I don't think I'm. I don't. I can't go. I have plans tomorrow night. Maybe I can get a cigar or something. Who knows? Three minutes. We'll come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just a couple of minutes left in the show. We got to a couple cuts of Adrian Griffin and John Horst. Bucks introduced their new head coach today. Nice press conference. It looked like it was upstairs at the Punch Bowl Social, right across from the stadium. The backdrop behind Horst and, and Griffin were the windows and then Pfizer Forum. We heard a little bit about Adrian Griffin and what he thought of Giannis. Here's John Horst on the impact that Giannis had on the coaching search. Yeah, and, and Eric, just to the specific question with me, it, incredibly valuable, um, but it's not specific or unique to Giannis. I think we talk about that all the time when we make roster decisions, staffing decisions. Um, we work really hard to be a collaborative organization and we value our players' input. I hope these guys here that are here today would tell you that we try to communicate with them, get their opinions and value their input in a lot of decisions that we make. So absolutely uh, valuable, but not unique or specific to Giannis. It's, it goes beyond that. Also, Giannis is a pretty easy player to scheme around or to build around in that, like, oh, he's really big and really strong and and can play really good defense and can help and can distribute and get out and run the floor. Oh, who fits with him? And just about everybody. Like, there's not a there's not a coach in basketball who's like, you know what? I actually don't think my defensive scheme will work around Giannis. <laughs> now, on offense, you need to put a little bit more emphasis on shooting. That's the case for 
every single NBA team. Like, you can't really have more than one guy out there at any given time that isn't a threat to shoot or isn't a threat to score from at least somewhere on the, the court other than the rim. Right, and the Bucks are no different. So, of course, they keep Giannis in mind. It's it's not exclusive to Giannis. But uh, Griffin said they had some good conversations, and he didn't want to reveal specifically what was said. Very Aaron Rodgers. We can talk more about it tomorrow. More audio tomorrow. And, of course, maybe the Brewers can win tonight. Wisco Sports Show back tomorrow at 4. Talk to you then.